Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Thanks. I'm Michael. I'm a drug addict and an alcoholic. I'm Michael. Yep. But I haven't had to have a drink or a drug in quite a while. Um, and uh, <laughs> if... If I could have uh, talked to myself uh, the first couple of weeks, the first couple of months that I came into the program and would imagine that I would be at a podium sharing on a Monday night by choice, um, I would have laughed at myself. Um, Because when I came in here, I was so broken, so hopeless, and so defeated, I thought the best that was going to happen to me is I was not going to pick up a drink that particular night or that particular day and wake up the next day sober. That was about the only goal on the radar at the time was let me just survive not drinking. You guys do the service. You guys set up meetings. You guys speak. You guys, well, you guys help me stay alive. I ain't doing shit. Um, but it was mostly because I didn't think I was ever going to have any real power working in my life. I never thought I was going to have any real power in my life. Part of that was the only time I felt almost normal or the, the only time I ever felt like I had some power in my life was when I had drugs or alcohol in me, right? That was my power. I would get up in the morning, I'd mostly get to work, I'd mostly function, and somewhere throughout the day, alcohol or drugs would come on my radar, and there were days when I said, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, and it'd keep creeping in, and I would anyways, even though I said I wasn't gonna, I'm not gonna, but we all know I'm gonna. And then there were other days when I got up in the morning and I just knew, I knew, I'm gonna drink again, and this is just, There was that sad place, and I'm going to read a little bit of the book that talks about it, reminds me of it. There was that sad place where I got to this kind of attitude of, this is just my lot in life. I don't think I'm a terribly bad person sometimes. I don't think that I had a really bad upbringing. The people around me are not terrible people. I think I just, I got a lousy lot in life. I just got screwed. And I'm just doomed to be an alcoholic and a drug addict the rest of my life. And if I can just kind of scrape on by, if I can just get through life, that's all there is for me. I've got beautiful kids. I have a beautiful wife. I have the house and a couple cars. And on the inside, I'm dying. I'm dying. Uh, Come to find out, I'm dying of me. Um, Anybody relate to that? Dying of my own thinking? Like, yeah. Like, I'm dying of me. And the only thing that quiets that down, even for a little bit, is alcohol and drugs to a certain extent for quite a while, too. Um, so why wouldn't I be an alcoholic? I had, no other, I had no other power really working in my life. You had church. You had a good job. You had a good family. You had success. I had me. So alcohol was my only solution problem with that is it it didn't work really well in the end um the beginning party time excellent the middle eh, a lot of partying quite a bit of fun but then also waking up in my own piss and my own puke not so fun um so I tried harder uh I managed better you know in a program where my life is unmanageable I sure tried to manage for a long time like um one of the parts of the book talks about, oh, um, the criticism from somebody who's not an alcoholic or an addict, oh, Michael must not have any willpower. Michael's got no willpower. I know each one of you have willpower, cojones, like willpower galore. Like I can do some amazing shit when I'm trying to get to my bag or to my, my drinking, right? I will knock down walls. I will move cars. I will move mountains to get to my drink or my drug because I have willpower. I just can't use it to stop drinking or using. I tried. Most of you are nodding. You tried too. Willpower in a lot of different areas, 
but that same willpower that gets me by in those areas doesn't work when it comes to alcohol. The self-imposed crisis that I cannot postpone or evade. And that looks like me doing me on my power. I put alcohol in my body or drugs and I break out a craving for more. You guys tell me that's a, a physical craving or an, al uh, an allergy to my drugs or alcohol. I didn't have those words for it, but I knew that when I put alcohol or drugs in my body, it was like fuel. It was like, let's get it on. Like one or two or three, let's go, right? I would see people around me, one or two or three, and, and they would slow down and they would just naturally moderate. I'd be like, more for me, right? Um, but then the, the problems of, you know, maybe an arrest or a fight with somebody I loved or a family problem or, hey, I'm starting to have problems at work, so I'm going to try and rein it in a little bit. I'm going to moderate. I'm only going to drink on the weekends, right? Why am I drunk on Wednesday night? Right? I've already decided I'm only going to drink on the weekends. How about a uh, book talks about not drinking alone? I'm only going to drink in social situations because that's normal drinking, right? Why am I pre-gaming it? Huh? Because they don't drink like I do. I got to get a little extra on before I go there, right? So I didn't know that there was a physical craving that after I put it in my body, something happens bodily to me that I cannot reliably and predictably control how much I'm going to take after that. I say I'm going to have two or three and I get messed up. I'm going to have two or three and I end up on, you know, I go out... I go out on Friday to have two or three, and I wake up Monday morning, right? Uh, and I know quite a few of you can relate to something like that. The loss of control after I start, super confusing. For most of my drinking career, I was trying to figure it out, dial it in, because, you know, it's the tequila, or it's the that, or, you know, I, sh I should have had some, some meal before I did this or that, or it's those people I hang out with, they drink too much, right? Bullshit, I drink too much. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out, trying to figure it out. Then I get to this place where moderating my alcohol is kind of off the table. I can start to catch on. We're not stupid, right? Right? <laughs> we act like it, but we're not stupid. At some point, I could see that when I started drinking, I had kind of a weird reaction and no control and shit was going to go down that I didn't want to go down. So now I get to this place where like, no, I'm good. I'm just not going to drink. I'm just not going to drink. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it for a week, right? Or, or that didn't work, so now I'm going to do it for a month. I'm going to do it for a month, right? And then I'm like, okay, that worked really well. Let's start drinking again. Oh, whoo, shit, how'd that happen? I'm right back to alcoholism. I'm, I'm right back to consequences and problems. So, okay, so now I'm not going to drink, but maybe I'm going to come here to church. Um, hey, maybe I'm going to get a therapist and I'm not going to drink goes so well that eventually it sounds like a good idea to start drinking again. And then it repeats over and over again. And I mean, I, I said it already, we're not stupid. We start to catch on that something's wrong here. But in my case, I didn't feel like there was anybody I could tell that I knew I had a problem. I mean, I knew I was an alcoholic before I really started to have the, the serious consequences. I couldn't stop when I wanted to and I couldn't stay stopped. And then a friend of mine told me, and this happened probably 10 years before I stopped drinking drugs, drinking alcohol and drugs was, what makes me an alcoholic is a lot louder when I'm not drinking or using than when I'm actually drunk. Who I become when I'm trying to white knuckle it through life when I'm not drinking, that is what is really a hard part of my alcoholism, and that's why I go back to drinking and using. A normal drinker or a hard drinker, and I've seen it a little bit here and there, but it looks like an, a hard drinker will start to have some problems with alcohol or drugs, and they'll say, that's not for me. Thank you very much. I've had enough. And they'll leave. They'll leave drinking and using. And as soon as a hard drinker stops drinking or using, their life will normally start to get better pretty quickly. Because for them, alcohol and drugs is the problem. 
I'm an alcoholic. I'm a real addict. If I'm forced to put down the drink or the drug, the only thing that I've been solving my life with, as soon as I put down that drink or the drug, it looks pretty for a little bit. It looks pretty for maybe a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Because the people who are so hurt by my alcoholism are relieved. They can finally have a breath of fresh air. Oh, Michael's not all messed up no more. Michael's not drinking. We might be okay. Because I'm wrecking my family by my drinking and using, right? So for, for a little bit, it starts to get a little bit better because I'm not drunk all the time and I don't have all the drunk consequences around me. But a couple of days... A couple of weeks go by and my internal condition starts to crank up and fire up in a way that I can't explain with words but I think many of you know what I'm saying dry sobriety with no solution and no real hope gets worse and worse and worse and then I get to the place where my life becomes so unmanageable on the inside so hopeless and dark on the inside that I cannot see how taking a drink or a drug is going to make it any worse. And so I return to that very thing that I've told you, 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 I've told everybody, I've even told me that I'm never going to do again. And it repeats over and over and over again. And the only way that I've found any solution to that part has been through the 12 steps that we do here a relationship with a higher power or god a loving creator and a fellowship around me that can support me on those days when i come up with some funky ass bullshit right you've all had funky ass bullshit right it's kicking around in your head and i'm gonna skip that meeting because they're a bunch of losers or i'm gonna skip that meeting because i'm I'm too busy. Like I got some of my shit back now, right? So I'm too busy to get to that meeting, right? Or I'm not going to call my sponsor today. He's sick of hearing me. He doesn't want to hear from me anyways. Things are good. I'll call him or I'll call her when things get bad. And that's the other thing too is we'll drift away from this solution that's working so good for us tonight. We will drift away from that over time if we try and do this shit on our own power because life will get so good that we think we're cured, healed, right? I have recovered from that place where I got up in the morning and I had to drink, but I am not cured of alcoholism. My alcoholism is alive and well, and I have to treat it every day and every week with meetings, prayer, fellowship, sponsorship, working with others, making coffee sometimes, or drinking coffee the rest of the time, um, sharing at meetings, right? It's a whole package that I have to do all the time, whether I want to or not, or I will drift away. I will think life is good enough and I will drift away and I'll have this delusion in my head because I, can, I still cannot always see the truth from the false. And I have this idea running in my head that just as soon as things get bad, I'm gonna go back to that Monday night meeting. Just as soon as things get kind of off kilter, I'm gonna call my sponsor. Hey, as soon as I see a drink or a drug coming my way, I'm going to pray then, right? We never know when a drink or a drug is coming our way. If we did, we wouldn't fucking be here, right? If I could figure this shit out on my own, I would not be up here with you guys on a Monday night sharing. I would be out there trying to do it myself. That failed over and over and over again. And my only choice was to do what we're doing here now. The good news is, if I do it the way we've been suggested out of the big book, and I end up with a relationship, not just a belief, but a relationship with God that I can work with on a daily basis, I am going to have a power today where I can show up in my life and I can show up in your life on a regular basis, not just once in a while, but every time. Because now I'm running on God's power and I'm not running on Michael's power. That's it. That's all I got. Bernie, Bernie. Bernie alcoholic. Bernie.
First of all, good evening, family. Um, powerless. Boy, my was powerless. I can say that. Um, you know, admitting that I had a problem was a big thing. You know, my pride and my ego wouldn't allow me to admit that. You know, everybody around me knew I had a problem. I mean, everybody. Kids, parents, friends, coworkers, bosses. You know, but I just too blind. You know, I lived in denial. And um, I thought Bernie uh, never had a problem. I thought Bernie drank normal, but was I wrong? I drank too much, way too much. You know, well, having 10 DUIs, that's pretty much a lot. So I had to surrender. Like I always say, July 26th is the big day, the best day of my life, the best decision I ever made in my life is to go and surrender and turn myself into a, a rehab place, Christian, Christian-based rehab, the Salvation Army. And that place has changed my life completely. And um, I've never felt better in my life. You know, I surrender all of it, but I couldn't do it without the help with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that's for sure, because I know I can't do it alone. You know, ever since that day, I walk with him now, you know, and um, Man, every day is a challenge. I'm not gonna say I'm cured, you know. I have a year sober, and that's awesome. You know, I will not change that for the world. I'm just keep adding the years and years, man, because I really want this. I really want to change my life. I really want my family to say, man, when it's time for me to go, to say, man, my dad changed his life. My son did change his life, and that's what I want. So thank you. I'll take another 24. I love you guys, and um, you know, keep keep battling. I'm Travis, and I'm alcoholic. So, um, powerless. I was really powerless. Uh, um, but I, last this time last year, really powerless. Um, and I announced myself as alcoholic because, you know, I do a lot of drugs. But it kind of started with, oh, I'm just going to drink a couple beers, you know, this last time. And then, uh, you know, a couple beers that ended up being, you know, overdosing on fentanyl, you know. And um, luckily, uh, somebody brought me back to life, you know, uh, with the Narcan. Um, but um, I truly am kind of a miracle right now of, of this program so far. You know, I say so far because, you know, I have lots to, I have lots to go, a lot, a lot of time to go still. But, um, you know, ever since I did the fourth step, it kind of just, you know, cleared away the wreckage and... I started praying a lot, and um, you know, today I have a a little job that I get to work with other alcoholics and addicts, and um, you know, it's it's really uh it's really an honor to do that, and it's really um, keep my mind straight, and you know, I get to be of service and help people out today uh, with the same problem as me, and I get to point them in the right direction, and you know, at the same time, it helps me. Remember where I come from, and um, makes me stronger. So I'm really blessed right now, and um, you know I'm I've been saving a lot of money, and I'm about to get a car soon, and the whole thing, and and now I'm gonna start living on my own pretty soon. So um, so that's a real blessing, and and you know it's all happened like in a year of of just being sober and and following direction, and um, it's all due to the program of this Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, so it's a real big blessing, real big blessing. And um, you know, today um, I've been going to LA because I have an old DUI case um, in LA, in Newport Beach. And you know, uh, today um, I get to, you know, I've been to LA three times in the last like three months, just going back and forth, back and forth, trying to get this thing right. You know, trying to get my classes and you know all the sentencing and all the like the little, court cases and everything and you know I've been praying and praying you know to just you know just just to have me do God's will with it and um, you know it's it's thrown me for a little loop because it's not you know going gracefully really you know it's I always you know you go up to LA and they come back and oh I forgot this and I go back again and I forgot about this part and I go again I gotta make all these phone calls to all these people you know DUIs are a pain in the butt you know
They really are. It's my first one. It's my first one, but, you know, it's really been a pain. And, um, but, um, you know, if I just stay sober and faithful, you know, I know it's going to be all right. And everything's going to go through smoothly. It really will. But, um, yeah, I got to do three months of classes with that. And before, you know, I couldn't even get off the couch. I couldn't even, you know, get up to go to work the next day, let alone, you know, go take care of my DUI classes now and and go talk to, you know, a judge and, and be confident there and, and willing to face my problems now, you know. And so, you know, and the confidence – it's totally because of this program, you know, that gave me the confidence to just be, to stand up and, and be firm about it. And I know that's going to be all right. And I uh, couldn't have done it without uh, the help of this program. So um, thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Michael and I am an alcoholic. Um, I haven't been in this podium for about eight months, nine months, I think it's been. Um, I was coming to this meeting every week. I was driving guys from Salvation Army to this meeting, and um, I fell off. I, I relapsed, and I, uh, you know, um, I can talk a lot about powerlessness, a lot about powerlessness, because under my own power, I make bad decisions, and bad decisions lead to bad circumstances, and those come with terrible consequences usually. You know, um, I can program very well. I can I can do good when I'm in the program. I, I, I can follow directions well. When I'm when I have structure, when I have positive people in my life, when when I stay connected with with the people I should stay connected with, as soon as I I, I sway off, it's all bad for me. I uh, again I make bad decisions. You know I've uh, my life became very unmanageable. I've. In my sobriety, I've, I've been able to stay out of jail. I, don't, I can pass background checks now. And this last run, I, I was sitting in the back of a cop car and I had handcuffs on and I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, and, um, you know, uh, my crimes are usually serious crimes. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a convicted felon. Um, but again, now I, I've had at least 10 years that I haven't been arrested. And, and I almost threw that all away because of my alcoholism and my powerlessness, more than anything, my powerlessness, because um, I, yeah, like I said, I make bad decisions. I, um, I'm very easily tempted. And, and the fact of the matter is I like to drink alcohol. I like the effects the alcohol gives me. I like the way I feel when I, when I drink. I like the way other, well, I think other people think of me when I drink, you know, I, I I probably have a bad perception because when I hear the stories, it's not the way I remember them. It's always like, you were a dick, you were this, you were that. And, you know, um, I'm a, I'm, I consider myself a good person. I have a strong character, I have a good character, unless I add alcohol to it. So, and that's just because of powerlessness. I, I, can, I cannot manage my life when I have a drink. And... You know, Michael's saying, oh, yeah, I'll just drink on the weekends. I'll just drink one. You know, I, I've tried all of that. None of it works. You know, um, not drinking alone. I'm my best company. I, I love to drink alone, you know, because nobody bothers me. Nobody tells me anything. I can do whatever I want. But again, what I don't like are the consequences. And I end up either in an institution or probably my other, only other option would be death, you know, and I don't want that. Uh, I've heard a lot of people in my alcoholism, but this time around, I actually, I've actually been forgiven by, by my children. I have three adult children, and uh, they kind of like wrote me off for a while, but something happened this time that my circumstances were pretty severe, and when they couldn't find me, they worried, you know, and, 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 and I hurt them, and I don't like to hurt them anymore, or myself, because you know, um, I always, I'm very selfish and I think what I do only affects me, but that's not the case. You know, I, I, uh, again, I, I have three children and they're very good kids. They're, they're adults, they're married, they have children of their own. You know, uh, none of that is because of me. They have a great mother. I, I can give them that. I can give her that. You know, she's a great, great mom. She raised three beautiful children. And, uh, 
they were smart enough to separate themselves from me for a while. But again, I'm just happy that they're back in my life because they they might not have forgot what I've done, but they've forgiven what I've done to them and that my behaviors and the way I act. Because I vanish, I disappear, and they always think the worst. You know, so I'm just glad to be back. I'm very, very happy that I get to come to this meeting again. You know, um, to come to this meeting, we have to get up like at 5 o'clock in the morning, get in line and be the first ones. And I'm up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I just, because I don't want to be the seventh person when there's only allowed to bring six. And so, you know, I, I really love this meeting. Um, I've worked uh, with BBA before. I've had a BBA sponsor in the past. But um, right now I'm focusing on my program at the Salvation Army. But I will get back into the step work through BBA because I... Uh, it's just so intense and it gives me what I need. So um, thanks for listening to me. Thanks for letting me share. And uh, I will see you guys next week. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kyle and I'm an alcoholic. Thank you, Michael, for your share. Related a ton to that. Um, Certainly about the powerlessness um, and the belief when things are getting a little bit better and the obsession's gone that now I can return to how I instinctively go about life, which is, you know, a very self-centered perspective. And uh, it's always shocking to me how quickly that goes back to the mental obsession and then back to actually drinking. And, um, you know, I guess in a way it's like, I can't be dry for long whatsoever. Like it's, if that irritable, restless, and discontented feeling comes up, um, it's either the devil, I know, and alcohol that can give a brief um, stay from this, or the unknown of just experiencing that over and over again, which I think I'm more scared of, of that untreated alcoholism and that kind of insane thinking than I am of doing the whole cycle of binge drinking and being hungover and disappointing everyone and being a newcomer again and and all that um but i do believe that there is a greater power out there and that it's massively transformed the lives of many people with my same background and my same problem and you know i wasn't raised with any religion or spirituality whatsoever but a lot of people are like that and they were able to um, connect to this power and now lead, lead much more serene and useful lives. So I think, you know, the beginning for me with that is having the belief that that's possible and being willing to have that open mind to think that this power could work in my life as well. And most importantly, knowing that I am not my higher power and that too much of me always goes south and yeah i mean i think that that spiritual malady of self-centeredness is i mean i don't know if we're born with it but it sure feels that way because that predated you know alcohol and drugs for me at least um yeah so i know that i can't connect to god purely on my own or just through the book or just with my sponsor, but I know it's important to try to share and be vulnerable with, with other people and try to receive and give uh, God's power through that. So, um, yeah, I just want to, I just want to be honest and vulnerable with you guys. And, you know, part of that honesty is this is day one again. And, um, had the you know the book where it says try some controlled drinking and see if that craving comes up um i had the alcohol removed not from my i didn't make that choice uh and for the this time i was really able to um perceive how strong that craving is and that and that um physical allergy is because um just the the just furious that like demon within and noticing how like I'm just totally hijacked and that is um, it really feels like a beyond human aid scenario so that's what I'll get if I have the power 
if I give it away and try to tap into a greater power, it, it can't be worse, that's for sure. So I'm gonna give that a shot and thank you guys for letting me share. Sal, alcoholic. All right, sorry, I got a Sasquatch up here. Um, so thank you, Michael, for your story. Um, powerlessness, it, it, uh, it obviously affected my life just as much as everyone else in this room. Um, brings me to the story in step one of the jaywalker who, you know, continued to go ahead and jaywalk and, you know, broke his arm and breaks his back and then breaks his neck because he was powerless over the fact that he loved jaywalking. Um, you know, what put that in, in perspective of my life, um, alcohol was my form of jaywalking. I knew it was bad. I knew uh, it was wrecking my relationship with my wife and kids, uh, my progress at work, um, just my overall self. Um, being a, a, an athlete my entire life and getting to the point to where alcohol has taken over my life, it was, it was a rude awakening, you know, because I was everything that revolved around alcohol in the morning and got that little shake going on. Oh, let me go ahead and pound a beer. Oh, beer's too fizzy. I might have to upchuck that thinking it's a burp and yep, there goes the beer and oh, I'm feeling better now. Let me go ahead and have some, some whiskey and just goes on and on. And to have an appetite, I needed to have alcohol in my system, you know, and now over four months sober, I can eat whatever I want to eat. I have an appetite. I wish that sugar wasn't invented because I have a craving for ice cream all the damn time. Um, but it's a, it's a true story, you know. Just put yourself in the perspective of the jaywalker. No matter how many times he got injured, no matter how many times he got, you know, he crossed that street and got hit and got ran over by a fire truck, he continued to do it. And that's what we do. And that's what I did, you know. And what I found interesting in, the, in step one is, you know, those questions that you answer at the end of the, at the end of the, the, your, your readings or your transcribing, you know, that book gets you at the end because it has that consideration. You know, you have a, a sober date. And how do you have a sober date if, you know, your thoughts are still going towards alcohol or you might think of alcohol you might not react but you still have those thoughts and the same answer every time is by the grace of god and i've worked with with my sponsor on that and it's not necessarily uh you know or your higher power but it tries to trick you at the end you know consider well if you pay attention everything's right there in front of you you just have to focus on what you're reading and the answer's right there in front of you. So doing the BBA work, doing it this way is way better than the way I was going down because the way I was going was just, and no, it's AA is AA, but it wasn't really filling my soul because I'm just reading the book and this book is from 1939 and it's like, what, you know, what in the world, my laurels, my, you know, all these words that we don't use nowadays, you know, and by going to these meetings and meeting with my sponsor, it's like, now I get it, those little definitions, and I love it, I always do multicolors, you know, because I like to do my definitions in one color, and my transcribing in another color, and then, you know, it just opens my eyes, like, wow, okay, this is what, that's what's happening, and I'll leave you with one other thing. My sponsor told me, highlight in the book how many times recover is in that book. Recover, recovered, or recovered, recovery, recovers. It's amazing. 
just in step one, I've counted. And I'll remember the exact number, but it's in there a hell of a lot of times. I can pinstripe my car just in step one. So thank you for your time and have a good day. Hello, Mary Alcoholic. Sasquatch was here. Sasquatch. Oh, hey, Michael. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Wow. Yeah. All I, all I can think about was Groundhog Day. If anybody's ever saw Groundhog Day, I forget who was it, Bill? Was it? Murray, yeah. yeah, Bill Murray was in there and he wakes yeah. up and every day is the same damn day. You know, and that's how it was for me. It was like that. It was like I woke up and I woke up with a headache and like, how did I get here? You know, and, you know, I start off the day and it's like, you know, you know, I'm just going to not drink today. And then, you know, I'd have a friend call or some event was taking place and it's like, hey, we're going here. And it's like, okay, I'll be there. And um, I'd start off drinking at home, just like, you know, you said. I had that pre-party, you know, uh, by myself. And then, um, then I wouldn't know, you know, how I ended up, where I would end up. I didn't know what I did. And the next day I'd ask my friends, you know, how did I get here? And, uh, you know, what did I do? And they say, Mary, you know, but you were talking just like you're talking to me now. It's like, you know, I, they, they, they didn't understand, I guess, you know, um, the blackouts. You know, um, they, they didn't see the, I didn't even know I was having blackouts. And um, so I had a lot of those. And um, that's the, the uh, mental obsession um, coupled with the, the physical cravings, you know. Um, and then it, uh, of course, ended with, in, and I just love this, um, in Bill's story, it says, no words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. Quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. And that's exactly how I became. You know, I could not function without it. Um, and I didn't know, you know, how I was gonna get it some days towards the end. But I did, like you, like you talked about, you know. Um, I found the power to get, to get it when I wanted it. And um, it's funny because I was, you know, making a lot of money and at one time. And because of my poor decisions, you know, um, I couldn't see alcohol was the equation. You know, I it just, it was, it was that, um, that um, I guess, delusion that it was everybody else's fault. You know, what happened, look what happened to me, you know? Um, and I couldn't make that, you know, I couldn't. Um, I was incapable of. But uh, I just love step one, I love the unmanageability because um, today, if I'm not in acceptance, um, my life can be unmanageable again, you know? Um, I have things that took place in my life, some really life, changing events and um you know i i what i did was i i sought out the solutions that are in the book you know there's some clear-cut directions in these books or, or this book that was written back in the 1930s and um get the dictionary <laughs> that's all i can say they have an aa dictionary which is great it gives you all the um all the um definitions to these and when you make when you go and you put the def definition to uh spiritual melody you know that's you know that's a that's a you know what what travis was talking about you know it's that devil you know um that spiritual melody you know um so you know there's so much in this book um the clear-cut directions that it gives and i was one that i never followed directions you know i've been on my own since i was 17 so I made the decisions, and I, it's very difficult for me to take directions from other people. Um, but when I got in here, that line in the book, you know, I felt powerless over my life, and um, um, you know, I couldn't, 
I couldn't control my emotional natures. I mean, it was just all of the bedevilments that, you know, you would read on page 52. I think that's 52. Um, you know, I had all that. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful for my sponsor who took me through the book and she outlined everything. And uh, over the years, they're, you know, over and over again with my sponsees. And I've come to know, you know, the seriousness of, you know, my disease and how, like Travis was saying, you know, it's like, it's there, you know, and uh, if I don't stick with the herd um, and keep coming back and reading that book and, you know, and uh, if I don't have you guys, if you put we in front of all the 12 steps, you know, that's how we do it. So thank you. Thank you for, for listening. Hi, Arlene, alcoholic and drug addict. Hi, Arlene. Powerlessness. I just love the way God works stuff out in, in my life today. Um, I have a son that is really addicted to marijuana. And he cannot eat unless he smokes marijuana. Um, and today I can hear him talk about it. Uh, I mean, I know he, he smokes weed all day, every day. Um, but I can just kind of see it, acknowledge it, and not want to, like, control his life. Because, one, I'm an alcoholic. Um, and you, know, when I, when he does talk to me, then I kind of share what I've learned and he still does not want to get help to get off the marijuana because he, you know, says, um, no, 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 I'll, I'll be able to do it. Um, you know, I just got to get through this or whatever, you know, powerlessness. And when I see my ex-boyfriend, and, and he's a heavy crystal meth addict, but he still doesn't think that he needs to come and get help or go into rehab, that he's, he's got it. Um, and I can see that now. It doesn't bother me. If anything, I empathize because I was there for a long time. And I can now, through the grace of God, be able to, to see that and... It's just a reminder to me of, you know, where I came from. Because when I was all drunk, dude, I thought I was, like, very powerful because as small as I am, I could hold a lot of alcohol. I could drink a 30-pack by myself, no problem. It'll take me all night, but I could do it. And, you know, if I can have a couple bumps to keep me going, I'll keep going. Um, and, you know, whoa, I, I felt powerful. <laughs> So it's ironic how um, how we felt so powerful when we were really so powerless. And that doesn't hit until now. Now that I, I, I can see that um, and see it in other people and be like, oh, my God, like that's that's exactly what I sounded like. Um, and I don't know. I'm just I'm just glad that I can see that that I but I wouldn't be able to see it if I didn't do the work. I didn't, you know, read our our book that we have and put in as much work as I possibly can and try to stay connected with my higher power. Um, yesterday, I just for a brief moment, I got into this big fear thing and I ripped one on a person and I said all kinds of stuff because of fear. And our book tells us, like, the moment we feel fear, resentment, and all those things, to hurry up and ask God to remove them from us, you know, to direct our thinking. No, I just, like, <laughs> I just went all Arlene. And, you know, I felt really bad, like, almost immediately. But at the same time, I was glad that I could recognize how wrong I was and I didn't do what my program you know, teaches me, and this other person doesn't have a program. So I can just imagine the mental and emotional damage I did there. So I had to quickly, you know, apologize for that. I don't know if the person's going to uh, accept it or not. <laughs> I still don't know. But but I know that I, I, you know, for that brief moment, because Arlene 
gets into her so-called power, um, that's that's the end result of of Arlene just thinking that that she's in control versus giving it to my higher power, letting it go, and then being patient. And yesterday at church, um, they talked about a fig tree and that the master already wanted to cut it down, but the you know his his farmer said no let me put some manure and it's funny how they use that word and some you know water it and prune it and basically the pastor ended with this service that we're gonna go through some shit and we're gonna get pruned and you know watered and and we've got to go through it because that's how we end up building our spiritual fruits the morals and the ethics and all of that um so i'm glad that i i don't know i just kind of put all that together with your share today with powerlessness and i realized that when we get to that place and you practice humility and you start letting god um you know work in you things i i don't know i just see everything so different today and I can accept it and I'm okay with you know I made a mistake and and now I got to correct it um versus before it, it just would have gotten worse but I'm sorry I'm taking up more time than I should um I haven't drank I haven't done drugs I'm I'm sober I'm happy uh even with a little bit of problems I have I'm happy and I will take another 24. My name is Jason, I'm a recovered drug addict and alcoholic. Thank you, Michael. You know, somebody sent me a picture today of someone in a pool, relaxing. All you could see was his legs, and it was Michael. And it was the middle of the day. It wasn't even noon yet, right? So what a wonderful life that we live and what this program gives us, you know? I'm over here sweating, busting my ass, and I see this, and I'm like, yeah, right? And you know what? The level of just, like, it's inspiring just to know that we get to do that, you know? It's so cool. Um, you mentioned something that uh, kind of hit home with me. You talked about how other people around us talk about, why can't you just have the willpower to stop? Why can't this guy just stop, right? And in the book, it, it says... That back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding, okay? So that's what's behind it. So there's all these people around us. They don't understand what we're going through, right? So part of my initial recovery is being around people that understand. Being around people that get me because it's super important for people to get me. Um, It's almost inspiring when strangers understand me and that's kind of what happens in here as we get to know each other which is super cool it lets me know that i'm not alone it lets me know that i'm not the only one that has been suffering or or has gone through this or has felt like this right and you know we talk about a spiritual solution in here but what if that's difficult man what if what if it's not that simple You know, some of us have been blessed in life. Some of us, values were instilled at a young age, most of us. And whether we turned our back or walked away, it wasn't very hard to reconnect to that, especially in desperation and hopelessness and calamity going on in our lives, right? That brought us to our knees, that brought us right back. But what about when we don't have that? And we're trying to create that and we're trying to connect. Um, It's tough, it's tough. And, you know, you're asking me to believe in something I can't see, I can't feel, I can't touch, I can't prove. You're asking me to pray to something or someone that I might have so much reason and prejudice against that it's, it becomes hard, right? So, you know, our book is wonderful in that respect, how it, it touches on those things in the beginning of our first step. It touches on them actually all the way through. You just got to kind of dig deep and you can see them. But, you know, there's a portion that says there is a solution. There is a solution. doesn't say anything about being spiritual. There is a solution. And it says none of us liked the self-searching. 
the leveling of our pride and the confession of shortcomings that it requires for successful consummation. That's the solution. So let's start there. Let's focus on that. Maybe self-searching is going to involve, wow, man, I'm prejudiced against this whole God thing. Wow, man, there, I got some real reservations. Why? Why? Right? Maybe the leveling of my pride is going to require multiple relapses. Happened to me. Getting up here and saying, here I am again. Right? Maybe. Confession of my shortcomings. Talking to people about what's really going on with me. What people? The people that get me. The people that don't live in a world of ignorance and misunderstanding when it comes to drug addiction and alcohol. And they're not, there's not a lot of them. We are a minority. That's the truth. We are a minority, and it's difficult to find people that can relate. When we come in here, we can find them, which is super cool, right? And there's also this simple attitude that we grasp when we're, when we're, as we're walking through these steps. And the first thing it tells us is to lay aside prejudice. Let's just lay aside prejudice. We come here, we talk about set aside prayer. We talk about opening our mind. We talk about being willing, putting all these things aside, right? Old ideas. So let's start there. Let's take this prejudice. Let's lay it aside, right? And then it asks me to think honestly. So now I'm here, right here in my first step. Have I conceded to my innermost self that I'm a real alcoholic, man? Have I conceded to my innermost self that I'm completely and utterly powerless and defeated when it comes to alcohol or drugs, right? What does that look like? What does that mean? If I continue to go and pick it up, there's obviously I'm not conceding. Whether I'm driven by a mental obsession or a physical craving or whatever it may be, a spiritual malady, if I'm continuing to pick up, then there's a, there's a level of me not conceding to my innermost self. Period. Because when I concede to my innermost self, I have to seek out help, right? So I lay aside my prejudice. I start to think honestly. And then I believe the most important, especially when we struggle with spirituality, is to surround ourselves with a fellowship of people that are going to encourage us. Encourage us to search diligently inside for this power. Not my Christian God, not my Lutheran God or Catholic God or, or Jesus or anything. Those are personal to each and every one of us, which is beautiful. Search inside yourself for a God that you can relate to. What does that look like? Put it on paper. What does that look like to you if you're struggling with the power greater than yourself? And do you have a relationship with it? You know, a lot of us are like, yeah, no problem. Check yourself, man. Sit down. Talk about that relationship, you know. Where are, where's your agnosticism, right? What, what? Any problem in this process is a first step problem. Any problem, any balking, my opinion, as we go through this, is a first step problem. A lack of conceding that I need help, that I'm powerless, that I'm defeated. Because if I get there and I believe I'm beyond human aid, I have no choice but to seek out something and if I don't know what that is, let's create it. Let's talk to someone about it. Let's ask about it. Let's open our minds up, right? Because otherwise, man, it's a vicious cycle. Having a headache and hitting yourself in the head with a hammer to relieve it. That's what it's like. That's what the book says. So good luck. <laughs> All right, so today's the last Monday of the month, so we celebrate 30, 30 days, six, 60 days, and 90 days. Is anyone I have 30 days during the month of July? Let me get a token. Get a token. Right. 30 days My name is Joel, alcoholic. Thank you. You're a really great family. No. <laughs> no, my experience over here has been great, you know. I hear you guys every week, you know, and, you know, I talk to Luis by phone and say, you know what, I don't know, but I love it. I love it. You know, it's, I feel all this uh, experience that you're sharing with us and me, I'm taking it over here. I'm putting it over here in my heart and it's helping me with my, in my family, personally first with me, but obviously uh, it's something that I goes through, through me. And, and it helps my, my relationship with my family. So thank you guys. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
All right. Thank you, yeah. Joe. Thank you. Anyone else with uh, 30 days in July? Mm -hmm. Okay. What about 60 days? That's right. That's uh, hi, my name is Cheyenne. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, nice to meet you all. Um, I've been coming to this meeting since I was able to come to outside meetings at the Salvation Army. And I'm glad to say I've got my 60-day token now. And uh, would be thanks to Bernie and thanks to all the boys at the Salvation Army, Vladimir, Travis, among others. And uh, I'm just thankful to uh, have a relationship again with my family. I uh, pushed them all away while I brought alcohol towards me. And uh, now that we have uh, uh, chapel on Sundays, my family, the people that I pushed away have come towards me and come to see me in chapel and sit with me in chapel. And uh, I'm just very grateful and thankful to have that opportunity and have the people that love me that I pushed away come and be with me during this journey. And. Uh, I'm uh, currently looking for a sponsor, so if anybody here is interested in sponsoring me, in the Salvation Army, we can only have people come to us or when we come out to these meetings, so I'd really like to have a solid sponsor. And if anybody's interested, uh, I'm going to push through for the whole program, and hopefully I can meet somebody. Because this is a, like I said, this is the first uh, meeting that I've been able to come to since I've been able to leave the house. So if anybody's interested, I'd like to talk to you after. Uh, and this is, this is my spot right here, so. Thank you guys. Thanks a lot. Um, alcoholics. Well, I'm in the Salvation Army, and well, I'm just trying to stop my addiction. Well, alcohol. That's all I got. <laughs> Anyone else with six days or ninety days? Okay. What about one year? All right, Bernie. Thank you. Appreciate that, love it. I've been looking forward to this day. You know, this is the second most important day of my life. First time is, the first most important day is my watching my kids being born. This is the second day, most important my day of my life. Something I accomplished, never thought I can do it. Never thought I could do it. But having the power from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, gave me the free will to do it. And you guys. You know, this is my family right here. I've been coming here going on 11 months. You know, love you guys, man, and thank you. Thank you, buddy. Do you have a token? Yeah, thank you. Okay, real quick, family. I'm Christine, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Christine. Um, this is Mary. Uh, we'll make it real quick here. If you don't know Mary, get to know Mary because there's a peace within her, and we've learned, I've learned that serenity is within and uh, you feel it. You feel the program that she has worked. She's going through it right now, but she has faith, and it's bigger than her fear. And um, this is a beautiful 10-year token from this wonderful group, okay? And then here's one that I think, um, I'm only gonna say, um, I didn't get this for you, but I got this because of you. Um, be because you stood by my side, uh, because we were sisters, because you took my phone calls, because you walked me through it, because we, because of us. I am who I am. Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Uh -huh. Ubuntu. Yeah, I didn't get it for you. I got it because of you. It's for you, honey. And it says something good is happening now. Mary Alcoholic. Wow. Congratulations to uh, Joe Cheyenne. Did I say that right? Yes. Cheyenne, Jesus, and Bernie. Congratulations, guys. Um, so when I'm asked, like, you know, how did I do it? It's just like, it was just a lot of one days, you know? And in all those one days, you know, um, we go through a lot of stuff, you know, um, in sobriety. but. I think the best thing was just, you know, feeling it, you know, not drinking, you know. Um, and the best thing about it is that we don't go through it alone. You're never alone through this, you know. Um, our, our, um, our mind wants to keep us alone. It wants to keep us in isolation all the time. And I certainly want to isolate, you know. 
And uh, Michael said it best, you know, when uh, he spoke about um, our unmanageability, our powerlessness. Um, but I found that power in, you know, was said, it's inside of us. Travis said it well, um, and it's inside of each and every one of us. It's just tapping inside that and how that happens is through reading the big book, uh, getting a sponsor, you know, get yourself a sponsor, get, you know, dive into that book and, um, and you'll start seeing those promises that are in the book. There's a lot of solutions in the book. Um, and I love my life today. I really do. Um, and I use this program for all of my problems. You know, so that's the wonderful thing about the program. So if you're new, please stay. Thank you. Thank you. Why? If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.